You're listening to a podcast from 702. And we are talking Malva pudding. The history of Malva pudding, this delicious and quite uniquely South African dessert. I want to know from you, what is the secret ingredient you add to your Malva pudding? Send through those voice notes or give us a call. 011-830-702-072-702-1702. Food writer Anna Trapido joins us. Anna, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, I mean, I cannot think of a day that is less suitable for Malfa puddings in terms of like, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, let's have a, a big baked pudding drenched in in custard on a hot day. But you know, actually, I think any time is Malfa pudding time. You know, that um, especially if things have been sort of tiring and it's been a long week. Yes, they and are very comforting, aren't they? I'm, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. But let's start with the very basics. What is a malva pudding? Okay, so if you want to think, you know, what are the core characteristics that they all have? That they all have apricot jam in them. They all have a sort of bouncy, springy texture, which is why they're called malva, because they're malva like malva lecker, which is just Afrikaans for marshmallow. So they've got that sort of marshmallowy texture. They are a baked pudding um, that as soon as it comes out of the oven, you drench it in a sort of sweet, creamy, sometimes boozy sauce. And, you know, the raising agent um, is vinegar and bicarb. So, mm. you know, it's, it's got these characteristics that are really quite profoundly South African, that that vinegar and bicarb thing and the apricot jam thing are are markers that this is not a dessert that um, comes from anywhere else, that this was born in Southern Africa. So what are some of those, you know, the siblings and cousins of Malva pudding? Because there are some interesting variations of the pudding. Right. So that. There's a whole kind of genre of what tend to be called brown puddings or vinegar puddings. And they exist in a range of variants, but they're, they're basically, they've all got that apricot jam, bicarb, vinegar, creamy sauce thing going on. That the Jan Ellis pudding, for instance, Jan Ellis was a rugby player. Mm-hmm. And the Jan Ellis pudding is like a malta pudding, but that the sauce that you pour over at the end doesn't have booze in it because he wasn't a drinker. That a telephone pudding is another variation on the same theme of kind of baked vinegar pudding with the lovely oozy sauce on the top. There's, there's hundreds of them, you know. That, that um, And I think that, you know, what they probably are is that there's a, you know, anything that's got apricot jam in it, it's almost invariably, it's got its origins in the cake. And then there are a range of regional variations on that. So, you know, as it moves into Gauteng and the Free State, for instance, you find that quite often the cream is replaced with evaporated milk. And so there's these odd little variations, but essentially it is the same lovely springy, kind of somehow light and oozy deliciousness. So if we look at the history, I mean, where would we say this comes from? Well, you know, a lot of, of people look at the, the record and they, they're quite surprised because they imagine that Martha Pudding is very old. Um, and, you know, when you actually look at the historical South African cookbooks, you, you don't find it until sort of the mid-20th century. And so lots of people say, oh, well, I 
actually it's a myth. It's not old at all. It was only invented in 1970, and all sorts of people claim to have invented it. I don't think that that's true. I do think it's a it's an old core recipe. That that I think that you know the, what they're misunderstanding is the nature of the way that recipes are transmitted. That you know, long before recipes get into a cookbook, they are oral tradition, you know, that they travel from mothers to children across the generations. And especially with a dessert that has its origins in Afrikaner food culture, you know, Afrikaans is a very young language. Mm. And, you know, that, that until quite recently, until the sort of first 20 years of the 20th century, there wasn't a, lack, a lot of access to printing in Afrikaans. So, you know, these are recipes that were you know, handed on across generations. And I think, you know, even that, that name when it gets called a telephone pudding, to me, suggests that it's part of an oral tradition, that this is people phoning each other up and saying, oh, God, give me that recipe, you know, that lovely thing you did. So, you know, I think with South African food in general, we often say, oh, it's not in the textbooks in 1890, therefore it doesn't exist. You know, if you think about things like Isijingi, for instance, you know, that, that of course that existed long before somebody printed it in a, in a book, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are, I think, relatively old recipes that are only put into printed form quite late. Yes, and I mean, I was wondering if um, there's anybody that might have tried to trace it um, you know, outside of the South African borders to say maybe it was imported from the Netherlands, for example, but the records aren't reflecting that. I think that's rubbish. I don't think that it comes from the Netherlands. Um, that, you know, obviously any dessert that has wheat in it um, is not indigenous and in that wheat is not indigenous, mm. but, you know, then neither is sugar, you know. But, but I think that this is undoubtedly a, a recipe that was born in Africa um, and is part of a really kind of delicious Creole um, cake baking tradition that um so i think that it probably does originate in the western cape that it is then passed across generations and it makes its way into print quite late but you know south africans you know we have it on all the menus and we love it but we're quite sort of um blasé about it you know that that we don't recognize how special it is and that it doesn't exist elsewhere you know when people come to south africa and they taste it they think it's just completely amazing and it is it's and it's my second favorite dessert because there's an indian dessert called soji that i like even more but it is my second favorite dessert in the universe all right we've got jimmy on the line from benoni hi jimmy hi Mm. Uh, you know talking about puddings and I've got a very sweet tooth, and I also like to create things. Of course, I'm a trader, I'm a retailer, so I use it to actually sell. So I've combined the traditional Malva pudding, and in the same proportion, once it's set, I make a milk tart and pour it over it, and the milk tart sets. So you have the best of two South African (laughs) products that are divine. You have a very sweet tooth. I know instead of putting custard and ice cream and all that, the yeah, milk tart actually exactly. complements the Malva pudding. Mm, I, I love I'm, that. I'm yeah. I've got a I've got a sweet tooth, all right. But the only person that I know that makes the cakes, you can almost 
see Anna salivating when she describes something that she likes. Jermaine Benoni, no, thank I, you I'm so much fan. for that. And, and, and I like the idea of putting the milk tart topping on. I mean, essentially, as long as you also put some of that sort of creamy, boozy liquid over the top when it comes out of the oven, because you don't want a dry mouth of pudding. That what makes it so special is the way that it soaks up that sort of cream, sugar, and booze mixture when when it's still hot. But if you then put milk tart over the top of that, I can see that you know it would induce diabetic coma, but you would die happy, wouldn't you? Definitely. And I mean, for those that are hearing this idea, I'm wondering if Woolworths hijacked <laughs> that idea because I was in Woolworths this past week looking for cake for someone and they have a cake which is layers of malva, caramel and milk tart and then they still have a pouring caramel on top and crushed biscuits that you put so it seems wow. like there is something to this malva with a uh, milk I tart situation so. um we've we got probably have to speak to the minister of health about that <laughs> don't you definitely that should all on its own definitely we've got a voice note i just want to say one thing there is absolutely no way you can call it a marble pudding if you're not having it with a dash of ice cream. Vanilla. And for the sauce, you gotta use vanilla extract instead of vanilla essence. Ooh. Big difference. Mm. And I'm biased. I'm a Why custard. I'm I'm a custard girl. girl. Anybody who wants to tell me they're having their malva with cream or ice cream, I shrink. You know, what I think is interesting about this is that it's men that's phoning in. And men, South African men are very unusual in that they're prepared to admit that they like puddings. You know, in the rest of the world, people sort of behave in quite a macho way about, oh, I don't like sugary things, I only like meat. You know, that South African boys are, are, are much more willing to say that they will like puddings or even make puddings. So I think this is rather a charming feature of um, sort of men in South Africa. I think what is awesome is that um, people can head over to your Instagram at Trapedo Territory, that's T R A. P-I-D-O territory to see a recipe um, for Malva pudding if somebody is brave enough to do it. And I mean, you can also uh, uh, find out there are interesting things that you can make with Malva like milkshake and Pop-Tarts. So it is quite versatile, but really something we can be proud of as South Africans. And you know, the recipe that I've got comes from Irida Dutoy's book that's called Share, which is a compilation of all those lovely community cookbooks. You know, so like a church group get together and they put their recipes, like as a fundraiser or something. Yes. And this mouth of pudding that's on my Instagram, it is just, I mean, it's not mine. It belongs to like the tannies of the nation and it is magnificent. So... And Martha pudding is easy, hey? And, and people think you're so clever when you do it. So I really think this weekend, like, Martha pudding in the heat is probably easy to in the swimming pool if necessary, but I think it would be a jolly nice thing to do. Anna Trapedo, our food writer, and thank you to, to all of you with your suggestions with someone saying, we put dried apricots and slices of ginger preserve, the crystallized sugar kind. Any dried fruit would work, I think. The history of Malva pudding.